Welcome to the St. Matt's Podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our service. Our Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. Well, about 12 months ago, God convicted me to consider what it was I was relying on in my Christian life. On our vision day at the end of last year, in November last year, I shared with you some of my journey. I don't intend to go over all that today, but if you did If you weren't here for that particular sermon and you want to catch up on it, there's a link up on the screen uh, for you now and you can catch up on that one later. But today I want to refresh us on a few things as we begin a series called The Means of Grace. The series sprung from God bringing me to this realisation that while I was very clear that I had been saved by grace, I could often find myself living in ungrace. The weight of expectation and duty rather than the joy of grace. In short, I sensed the Lord challenging me that just as his grace had brought me safe thus far, so his grace would lead me home. Grace. Grace doesn't just save Christians. Grace defines Christians. Grace leads us home. So how do we access this grace? The good news is that God provides means or ways of grace that he invites us into. He knows our needs and longs to lavish his grace on us. The shooting star analogy that uh, you see in the image for this series provides a really useful help. Think of it this way. What would you do if you wanted to see a shooting star? You could hold out hope for an extraordinary moment where you see a shooting star as you gaze out the window right here, right now. Good luck with that. Or you could put yourself in a place where it is more likely to happen. For starters, you could go outside and go outside when there's a night sky. You could gaze at the stars. Or even better, you could go to a place undisturbed by artificial light and then gaze, waiting, putting yourself in the place where a shooting star is most likely to be able to be visible. But putting yourself there doesn't make it happen, does it? You would need some patience to wait. You put yourself there because it's likely to happen. It's the ordinary or usual way to experience 
a shooting star. God can change us however he wants and often he does change us in unusual ways. But the ordinary or usual ways of God transforming us or forming us into his image is through what we call the means of grace. Ordinary or usual means might not provide the instant change that we usually expect as 21st century humans. We've learned to approach faith a bit like a tourist. That is, we quickly take in all the sights, we have our moment in front of them, we grab our selfie, if we can take selfies, we check them off our our checklist and then we move on. We go where our heart is inclined to go and we do what our heart is inclined to do. But the means of grace invites us to approach things more like a local. We engage in the means as a local would engage in their tourist attraction, repetitively, slowly over time. And rather than focus on what our heart is inclined to do, means of grace focus on what God is inclined to do with our heart. Means of grace is about invitation, not obligation. Invitation, not obligation. We can easily make the Christian life obligation. We can make it about fulfilling our acts of righteousness, making sure we're good Christians. We can be a people declaring that we're saved by grace but living in ungrace. Sometimes we do that by unintentionally making the commands of Jesus into a burden that they were never meant to be. For example, we hear the repetitive phrase in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, 6 and 7, and when you pray, and we make it into an obligation about the frequency of prayer. And very quickly, prayer can become our duty. Chris Donald informs me that John Woodhouse uh, who was here as an acting rector actually for a little while, has a delightfully wise phrase regarding the commands of Jesus. He says that they're best seen as gracious invitations. Jesus' commands graciously invite us into a flourishing life. They're gracious invitations as well as invitations into grace. As we accept his invitation into the means of grace, grace forms our head, our heart and our hands so that we become more fully human, more like Jesus. As we approach the means of grace over the next four weeks in this short series and then again later in the year, we're going to seek to answer the question, how is the topic, prayer for today, a means of grace and not so much how do I pray as an example for today. And we trust that over this series you feel the invitation that God gives to live in his grace, not an obligation to perform more acts of righteousness.
So how is prayer a means of grace? Prayer gives grace by inviting those addicted to autonomy under a better rule. Think about the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, verse 9 and 10. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Rather than see ourselves as rulers of our own lives, masters of our own destiny, we receive grace as we pray because grace brings us into the throne room of the one who is ruler of of all, ruler of all life, and we pray for his kingdom, not our own. Rather than live then with the burden of having to get things right ourselves or sort all the complexities of this world out, we can bring our concerns to him and ask that his will will govern those things. Now that is by no means easy or painless because it means entrusting things to him that we love and value, that we want to hang on to and it means handing them over to him, being content with his outcome for those things, with his rule and not with our own. And sometimes we just don't understand And we can't find an explanation for why our prayer doesn't match his kingdom plan. And that can hurt. But prayer firmly places God as king, not ourselves. And we receive grace by surrendering our autonomy to his majesty. Grace. Grace that frees us from solving everything. Grace that enables us to not have it all together, to not have it all worked out. Grace that liberates us from having to change someone or something. Grace by being present with our Heavenly Father, the God of all grace. The people you spend time with change you. Take Princess Fiona, for example. Uh, You know Princess Fiona from Shrek? She changed a bit, didn't she? Yeah? In psychology, they call this phenomena empathic mimicry. It's why couples look more alike the longer they're together, or so they say. When we spend more time with our Heavenly Father, entrusting ourselves to his grace, we become more able to live in his grace. Prayer not only provides grace to people addicted to autonomy, it gives grace by inviting those scrambling for self-sufficiency to a better provider. Look at verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. Self-sufficiency gnaws away at our souls. When we try and be self-sufficient, we live in ungrace. It becomes about what I can do and how I can build a good life for myself with my skills, etc. It sounds liberating. It's the way the world has been for some time, but it's actually tiring 
to have to be self-sufficient all the time. The more I'm self-sufficient, the more I need to be self-sufficient. And the more self-sufficient I become, the less I rely on others and the less I rely on God. Who is it that provides your needs? Now, right now, in this context, your mind will quickly, I imagine, jump to say, well, God does. We know that, don't we? But reflect on your language during the week. Reflect on your attitude to the things that God provides you. So often, we are not living in grace, but in the ungrace of self-sufficiency. We're bought into the thinking of our world that we and not God provides our needs. We did this. We earned that. We. Praying give us today our daily bread turns our admiration and applause for all the provisions to God rather than to ourselves. Such a prayer breeds humility in us as we recognise his hand, not ours as the provider of all, we live in grace. And finally, prayer gives grace by inviting those pursuing pride to a better hope. The life of ungrace needs to constantly promote myself, make myself look good, present myself as all together. But prayer gives us a better hope, a hope built on grace. Look at verse 12 and 13. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. In prayer, we acknowledge our sinfulness. We confess. And that's a strange thing to do in this world, to acknowledge that you are sinful. But in prayer, as we acknowledge our sinfulness and confess, we find the grace that we need as we're driven back to the cross of Christ. As we're reminded that the only thing we have to boast in is not our good deed, but Jesus himself. In the book of Galatians, Paul addresses those who want to impress people by means of the flesh knowing his sinfulness, knowing the size of his debt, knowing his need for forgiveness and knowing that Jesus has paid it all, he says to them who want to impress by means of the flesh, he says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Prayer helps us live in grace because prayer reminds us that Jesus is our only boast. But too easily, ungrace seeps in and our boast becomes like the people in Galatia, the means of the flesh. It becomes what we've done. It becomes our ego. But confessional prayer drives us back to grace. Grace that has conquered it all. Grace that has defeated all. 
grace that has paid it all and grace that leads us home. Prayer. An obligation or an invitation? The writer to the Hebrews says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that in prayer you invite us into grace, that you invite us to lay aside our autonomy, our self-sufficiency and our pride and that you provide us with something way better by being our king, by being our provider and by being the one who forgives us. We thank you so much for your grace to us in Jesus and for your grace that sustains us in all of life. And We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Bend Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmatts.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.